When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin. The only problem you're gonna have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is gonna go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What is going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, the motherfucking NBA draft deck, NBA draft podcast. I am here as always. With my co-host Albert Gim, what's happening, my man? What's going on? I'm excited. We get we we're on a roll right now. We just have guests coming left and right, and um, it's a it's a good time to be alive, man. It's awesome. Hell yeah, we got uh we got another another guest today. Uh, possibly the coolest name of any guest that we'll have <laughs> at any point. We got uh my man Trice High with what's us up, today. What's up? How y'all um, doing? So, Trice, before we get started uh, today, we're going to touch on Moses Moody. But before we get started, right. just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you got started in content. Um, you know, just a little little intro for the for the listeners. Right. So, um, I've been doing YouTube since like 2011. Like for a long time, since I was like like 12 years old. But like, I didn't really start taking it serious till I was like a senior in high school. I started kind of doing like uh, YouTube highlight mixes and stuff like that. And that's how I kind of got into editing. And then um, uh, kind of got away from it a little bit when I went to college. I played four years for a, an NCAA school basketball. And so I was kind of, YouTube kind of took a backseat to that for a little bit. But in my free time, I would get into um, basketball analysis videos and breaking down players and talking about different aspects of the game. You know, it's always been a passion of mine. So that's kind of where that all came into play. Um, in the past year, um, I really got into more documentary projects type things, kind of getting into like sports films and uh, sports media in that, in that light. Uh, so in the past year, I did a, a project on, um, I called it, uh, the real last dance. It was kind of like, it's called encore and it was Michael Jordan's wizards years after the last dance and i thought that was kind of i kind of tried to play on that and i did something i did a cool little project on jason williams and i did something on kobe so um i'm in the middle of working on um a really interesting like piece on devin booker right now to kind of go with the playoffs and stuff so kind of go looking at his career and specifically the inspiration he got from kobe and how it elevated his game in recent years so just to kind of touch on that i really like telling stories and things like that and on a whole nother aspect of, of basketball, breaking down players and looking at what guys can be, you know, the future of the game. I think that's that's really fun to do. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now, just on the content creation side of things, just creating things and telling stories and having fun with it. So love that, man. And by the way, like you if you're listening to this, you probably watched it because I know that the Jordan one's got what over a million views, right? Like uh, yeah, like, like one, I think it's one point eight million. I think it's one point eight million. So it, it, did, it did really well. Cool, one point eight. Cool, one point eight. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Uh, so uh, 
you know, we'll 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 plug it again at the end, but but definitely go uh, subscribe to to Trice's YouTube page for sure. Um, all right, so let let's get into uh, Moses Moody, the Arkansas wing. Right, talk some NBA draft, right? Twenty twenty one. So Moses is going to be nineteen years old on draft day, uh, a young nineteen mm-hmm. on draft day. Six six two oh five, reported seven foot plus wingspan. Mm-hmm. Great measurements. Uh, 16.8 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, 1.6 assists, one steal, and I think he was uh, 0.7 blocks as well. 43, mm-hmm. 36, 81 shooting splits, 57% true shooting. Okay, preseason rankings. Bleacher Report had him at 10. ESPN had him at 33. SB Nation had him at 15. A little bit of variance there coming mm-hmm. into the season. Currently, Bleacher Report has him at nine. ESPN has him at 18. SB Nation has him at six. So Moses Moody is our is one of our, our stock risers uh, with his mm-hmm. play this year. Um, that is an average stock price of around 11. Mm. So around 11 for Moses Moody for where he may go in the draft. Trice. Is Moses Moody's, Moody's draft stock too high? Is it too low? Or is it just right? Mm. One of the craziest things that I think, and I think Moses may be the most, like he might be the, the one prospect to see this the most this year, is I've seen projections for him all over the place. I've seen some mock drafts with him going as high as six, like right outside that like, like the we I think everybody can agree the top five has kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Like there's a really solid top five in this draft. And then like Moody has kind of been seen as a guy that's right outside that. And then I've also seen Mark Dress with him at the tail end of the lottery, like 15, 16. So like it's one of those things where like personally, I think that he's kind of the fact that he's projected right there in the middle, like 10, 11, I think that's kind of like about right where you could project him just based on the the high, low uh, places where he's projected personally I think like eight ish nine is probably like where I could see him going the most like but I think it, I, I wouldn't say his projection is necessarily like too low because as we'll get into when we talk about him there is some question marks but um I think I think it's about right where it needs to be for for where it is right now based on just the the wide variety of places people have him going yeah I would tend to agree what about you Albert um, you said ten. That's the average score. Eleven. Like 10, eleven. Yeah. That eleven sounds yeah. about. 10, 11, sounds about. 12. I. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, eleven. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say too high. I think. It seems like he's gonna go in the top ten. Like I, I mm-hmm. think. I, I really wish we had like sources. Like we had, you know, like front office guys we could talk to because I mean, Corey. The more we talk about it, the more it feels like there are some guys who are gonna be locked in the top ten that you know might surprise some people um but i feel like moody's just a guy that these front office people are just going to fall in love with you you mentioned the measurables um you see it uh the numbers are good um i think there's a lot to like there and i think a lot of teams are going to be like oh this kid has a pretty high floor and that might take him pretty high so 11 sounds about right to me um it could be a little low but who knows and that's that's me speaking as if i know something um about the front office execs but i know absolutely nothing so right (laughs) well you know i i think we're getting to a point you know as the weeks go by and with every episode where we're like all right yeah he looks this guy could be top 10 
eventually we're going to run out of spots. There's only, I know. there's only 10 spots available in the top 10. And like Trice said, you know, the top five is pretty, pretty locked in, you know? So mm-hmm. like that means there's five more spots for a bunch of guys who are kind of all in the same tier. I know a lot of people have, you know, a difference of opinion who goes where in those tiers, but for the most part, like a lot of these guys have this range where some of these guys, like you're going to be probably get pretty good value outside of the top 10, just because, you know, it's a, it's a pretty strong class in, in general, as far as uh, depth goes. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So let's, let's uh, get into the scouting report a little bit. All right. I, I think, the first thing, you know, when you're thinking of Moses Moody and, and we talked about like the measurement is he's a good shooter. So he's kind of like locked into that, like, um, you know, the, the three point, the three and D guy, you know, like we'll, we'll touch on his D a little bit more in depth. But like right away, baseline, you're probably getting a good three and D guy. Right. Uh, you know, we, we said he he shot 36 percent from three and it was on um, a good five amount attempts. of attempts per game, five attempts per game. Mm-hmm. So, um he shot 81% from the line. We'll talk about his free throws in a little bit. Uh, now, as far as the shooting goes, I felt personally like, and I think it, his role coming into the league, I feel like he's more comfortable off ball. And mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily mean like he's just like a guy you stick in the corner and let him shoot. Cause I think he showed um, some really nice flashes of being able to shoot off movement as well. But I, I felt like there was a, dis- a discrepancy in like, my confidence level in his shot making when he was spotting up or coming off movement versus when he was trying to create for himself. What do you guys think? Trust you can go first. Okay. Thank you. I would say, I mean, honestly, his shooting, one thing I will say is I believe his shooting is honestly better. I think his potential as a shooter is better than what his numbers show for sure. And um, one thing about his role at Arkansas this past year was he had to, he was, especially early in the year was their main form of like scoring. So he was having to take a lot of high difficulty shots that like um, definitely affected his percentages. And he kind of cleaned it up towards the end of the year. But like you said, he's as far as where he is right now, you rather, you would rather him taking his shots off the catch, whether it's even if it's off movement or spotting up, like that's where he's going to make the most money as far as from behind the arc. Um, he, he showed a little bit of signs of being able to create, but that's like, I, like if I was going to list like things he has room to improve on, that's probably like to reach like where I think he could be potential wise. He's got to improve that part of his game the most, which is like creation from the three point line. And I'm sure we'll touch on his creation in the two, which is a whole different story, but the three point line is not really there right now. But as far as that goes, the movement off the ball, I really like the way he plays coming off screens for his size. Like he runs off a lot of pin downs and flares at six six, like that you don't see a lot of guys that size being able to do. And that I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of NBA teams have him kind of creeping up those draft boards because a guy at that size who can has that potential to shoot that way is is something that a lot of teams are looking for. And you know what? He looks a legit six six. You know, some guys listed six six, like you're like, all right, he's probably like six four, maybe in shoes six five. He actually looks like six six on on the floor. Um, so I, I think that is important too because I think you know you would like him to be a two, 
but mm-hmm. he's definitely a guy you could slot up because now name of the game versatility. We want, NBA teams want guys that are going to be able to play multiple positions. And um, I think his, he's got like legit height and he's got a good frame. Right. So especially as he, you know, continues on gets with NBA like trainers and NBA diet. Um, I, I think he's going to have like a really solid frame. So you could put him at the two, you could put him at the three uh, eventually. So, um, but yeah, yeah his, his shooting. As we're, talking, as we're talking about the shooting, like, his you you mentioned his wingspan earlier. Like I saw some sites reporting his measurements as seven one, like a wingspan. So like, if, if and obviously everybody here has watched his like he's got really good form. Like it's a yep. really smooth jumper, and like that's what, another reason why I know he's a better shooter than what his numbers show because that jumper is pure. Like I, I remember mm. every time I watched him during the season, I was like, man, this dude is so smooth. Like mm. his his release is perfect, and so. With that wingspan to be able to get those shots off, like I, I really hope he develops that off the dribble game from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. It, it would make it would take him to like a whole another level. But as we're saying, he's going to be able to get a lot of shots off against NBA length just mm-hmm. off that wingspan and that smooth release alone. And I think that's going to really help him off the catch as much as anything. So I, mm-hmm. I think he's a good shooter for sure. You know, uh, try something that you said before that I really liked is um, I feel like the Arkansas offense really struggled without him. Um, Mm -hmm. I was watching them play against Kentucky and uh, when he wasn't on the floor, they really struggled to create shots. And Mm -hmm. so going back to your point about how reliant that offense was on Moody, I think that really does point to a couple of things. You know, I think there really is a ceiling for him to continue to grow. Like even in the mid range, I wouldn't say he was like a mid range, like technician, but mm-hmm. he had moments, right, where he was mm-hmm. really working in the mid-range, doing a really good job, hitting a lot of good tough shots, mm-hmm. good shots, too. Um, also, another thing, we've talked a lot about his wingspan. We see a lot of guys at 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, with, like, long arms, and they have, like, weird forms. They're doing, like, mm-hmm. the whole catapult shot. But as you mentioned, really pure, really good form. I thought he did a really good job. But I think you guys are hitting it on the, on the head. I think the off-the-dribble stuff has to be better. Corey, you mentioned how... You know, you wouldn't want him to just be like a corner three-point shooter. And yet, I I thought his corner threes were really nice. Like, he's really good at shooting the corner three, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how he develops for sure. But I think my initial thing with him is, as you guys mentioned, he's so smooth. But also, he's one of those, like, typical guys when you're watching them. He's like, oh, he makes basketball look easy. Um, mm-hmm. For whatever. I like it. You can't really disca- describe it, but it doesn't seem like he's sweating. It doesn't seem like he's trying too hard. And basketball just kind of looks easier to him. And so Lou that, that, I think that's one thing I thought about a lot when I was watching him. I was like, he's like a like not not necessarily play style, but just the way right. that he carries himself on the court. He's like a six, six, like Lou Williams, like just out there just, just playing and he's not breaking a sweat. And he's just yeah. he's just going. So I, I definitely noticed that, too. That's awesome. I, I think the another thing you you mentioned that you feel like he sh- like he's a better shooter than his numbers indicated. Like I have that note like in my notes. Like I feel like he should be a better shooter than his percentages. And um, right. I think that especially playing off NBA players, like you'll see those percentages bump up. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things, one of the one of the things that I thought that like did hinder the percentages a little bit is sometimes he has like a natural fade on his shot Mm -hmm. like it's very slight where he's like Mm -hmm. fading back to the left a little bit right Mm -hmm. and like a lot of times he'll do like the reggie miller leg kick and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's beneficial because he's 
one of the things he's very good at is drawing fouls and he's he drew a ton of fouls on jumpers um and and that's a very crafty veteran type move with that little leg kick and you know it, it almost feels like it's going out of style because now you know it, it's not the reggie leg kick that three-point shooters try to get or you know it's the like pump fake try to get the guy to bump and you jump into him or or like in the mid-range you're coming off a screen you get him on your hip and then you just stop and throw it up like that's kind of like the annoying reggie thing nowadays mm-hmm. but he's got the old school little veteran craft to him with the, the little leg mm-hmm. kick but i do feel like when he wasn't getting those fouls that it it hindered his balance a little bit but mm-hmm. i think that that's just something that like more reps just being right. in the gym with pros and like that's something that is going to be fairly easy to kind of to fix as far as, as shooting goes and and that wingspan again like i said he he looks a legit six six that dude's arms, like you could tell yeah. his wingspan is crazy just by watching it, <laughs> you know, but just by looking at it and watching him on the floor. Um, and he's smooth. Yeah. He's, he's a smooth mm-hmm. dude. And um, he plays at his own pace. And I think, you know, he played at Montverde with <laughs> Scotty Barnes and Cade and like, he's used right. to playing off of other guys who are going to create. And mm-hmm. um, I think this season, like jumping up to division one college basketball in a major conference, like, after playing off of two incredible creators and one of, you know, possibly, you know, a superstar level creator at that, it's mm-hmm. going to be an adjustment. You're not going to look like, you know, Bradley Beal or or one of these elite shooting guards in one, you know, weird college season. It's going to mm-hmm. take time for him. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he certainly has a little bit of that in the mid range and he's able to, that he's able to get to, I think a little bit, easier than he he is when he's uh, extended behind the line and and back to his free throw shooting when he gets in that little mid-range area and this is where a lot of his game is he'll hit you with that little pump fake and get you like mm-hmm. he's got and get you in the air and he, now he's wide open so even though he's moving like a little it looks like he's moving a little slower it's mm-hmm. not like oh this dude lacks the athleticism it's just like he's moving a little slow because he's playing at his own pace and he knows he right. can get to a spot by not being sped up so it's not right. really a negative necessarily. Sometimes, sometimes, obviously, like mm-hmm. uh, good defenders with good speed, I think there'll be an adjustment. And not that I think uh, a rookie is really going to be trusted to be like, mm-hmm. go cook in the mid range much at the next level. But like, mm-hmm. I think that when he gets there, it's because he knows like he can get to that spot and he can take his time and he knows he can get guys off balance with the little crafty, you know, pump fakes and stuff. So I did really like that part of his game. Right. You touched on it right there. I mean, it, that was one of the things that I noticed the most watching film on him when I was doing a breakdown of him a few weeks ago. Was I was like, man, this dude is super crafty. Like, I just, I kept thinking, like, he he doesn't play like a 19-year-old freshman in college. Like, the dude played like he's been playing against, like, playing with pros for a while already. So, it's going to, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, like, how much of that translates over, like, to the NBA level when you're, that's something, like, you see a lot of guys who are older. Like, that's something, like, D Wade did at the end of his career, or like some guys like that, where they're getting guys up in the air with a pump fake. So like he does that, and it's not just like he does it every now and then. Like he gets one or two of those like a game, he's trying to draw those fouls. So, um, like you said, I think sometimes it does alter his shot in a bad way, like when he's fading or something. But yeah. um, especially in the mid range, when he's he had a really good ability of like he'll get to his spot, one dribble, two dribble, pull up, hit the pump fake, the guy will just fly over him, and then he's got an easy shot. And I was like, man. Like, at, in in a few years, obviously, like you just said, like, first year in the NBA, you're, they're not going to be just rolling the ball at them and saying, hey, go create offense very often. 
but when he needs to, and then eventually if he's able to develop himself to where a team's willing to give him some like a key to the offense every now and then, then he's going to have that in his bag, which is really cool for a guy who right now is just being looked at as a three and D prospect. But um, I think he has so much more potential than that if he can develop the right parts of his game. So you definitely touched on that. Yeah, and I think you know the part of his game for me that I think he's really going to have to develop to to get there is his handle. Like his handle is yeah. not bad by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination, right? But he doesn't have that ball on a string. He doesn't have mm-hmm. like you know, and and part of that, like if I was guarding him, um, just based on watching him on film, like I'm shading him left. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing him left as much as I can because he's really got two dribbles, and then he's he's either picking it up, he's gonna and like put up a shot which he's good at like a lot of a lot of righties you know they, they right. two dribble pull up um but a lot of times like he doesn't yet have like that ability to like improvise on the fly mm-hmm. with his handle so when the help comes over and he's being shaded left he kind of gets put in a pickle um mm-hmm. and and gets in trouble and it you know he's like he's got the size he got the length so it's not like it's always a turnover or anything but you know when defenses collapse on him he can't really like back it out or hit him with like mm-hmm. a little change of speed, something like that. Um, going right, he's much more comfortable getting to the hoop. You know, he's got a good first step and he uses length. Um, and, and like he's got pretty long strides going right. So I think he's a little bit it's a little easier for him to get deep into the paint that way. But um, even then, like he still doesn't have like the 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 craft that ma- kind of mm-hmm. matches other parts of his game as far as mm-hmm. his handle. And that to mm-hmm. me is going to be like what decides what he is on offense because i trust his shot is mm-hmm. going to develop um yeah. but I'm it's how much that, work you're going to put into the handle yeah i'm saying the handle and then i'm also saying the finishing he really like there mm. was a lot of moments that he struggled finish around the basket this year and you wouldn't yeah. expect it but like he goes up soft like when he gets mm-hmm. in the lane a lot of times he's not going hard to the bucket like a six six guy with a seven one wingspan should and a lot some of that comes from he isn't the most explosive athlete yes so yeah. like he's gonna get to the cup and he's gonna like try to finesse a finish and he's not gonna go up strong, which you give and take. I mean, that's something that at least he can work on and develop some more like I what what I say is I'd like to see him develop some of that craftiness he has in the mid range and three and use some of that around the cup. Like get in there and, and use use the rim for some up and under finishes, use some pump fakes in the rim. A lot of times he'll go up and he forced up some pretty ugly layup attempts. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed that a lot where he really got in there and threw up some pretty bad attempts. And some of them got swatted pretty hard. Others were just bad misses. And it's like, um, and when, I mean, when he did get in there and try to scoop something up, like he had some decent finishes, but that's the, by far the one thing that's going to, that keeps him right now from being a stud offensively. Like there's some, all, there's some good all around offensive players in this draft. And the reason he's not considered one of them is because he lacks that, that third level of scoring he's got the three in the mid-range but the inside finishing really holds him back from like his full potential so that's how i feel about that for sure no dude i i a thousand percent agree i think um he really lacks a lot of pop in terms of verticality Mm -hmm. um but the one thing i I did want to say i love his frame you know Corey. Corey knows Mm -hmm. i'm big on frame and i like you know their bodies and um He's got good shoulders. I, I feel mm-hmm. like Moody's got good shoulders that'll continue to grow and develop. And I feel like he's going to be able to, with NBA coaching 
and experience mm-hmm. and game time. I think he's going to learn that savvy you guys are talking about, that that experience will come. And I think he's going to learn to leverage his size when going to the basket. I just, mm-hmm. as you guys mentioned, dude, we, I, God, I, I, after our pod last week, where we talked about Boston and Isaiah Jackson, just watching some of Boston's layups this week too. I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the finishing we saw this year was disgusting, especially Boston. This guy was an absolute train wreck. Um, but with Moody too, there there was some stuff with Moody where he's going to the rim and just it, it, it looked like he got an inch off the ground. And I'm just right. like, dude, that it's I that wasn't really even the matter of um, I think his verticality so much, but also like timing, also angles, mm-hmm. like all that stuff, you know? And I was just like, mm-hmm. this could be a lot better, but I think he will get better. And I 1000% agree with both of you guys in terms, excuse me, <clears throat> I 1000% agree with the handle. You know, I think I saw somewhere on Twitter, someone was comparing him to Kawhi. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, that's a little bit of a stretch for me, but I can understand when you look at the body, right? I think mm-hmm. if you look at, the potential in his shoulders developing and his long wingspan and blah, blah. And he also kind of hunches over a little bit, like on right. defense, he kind of like folds over a little bit like Kawhi does sometimes, but, um, and the pterodactyl arms, of course. But, you mm-hmm. know, I, I feel like the, the difference is that Kawhi's got the ball on the string, like Corey mm-hmm. mentioned, and he developed that part of his game. And if Moody can, can continue to develop that part of his game and be a technician in the mid range, because when we look at all the elite level scores in the NBA right now, almost all of them are just absolute masters in the mid range. And people mm-hmm. talk about the mid range being dead, but like, Hey, you mentioned uh, you're doing something on Devin Booker right now. Watch mm-hmm. Devin Booker play that dude. Absolutely wrecks it in the mid range. And he's oh, like wow. almost unstoppable. And so for Moody to hit that level, as you guys are mentioning, right. For Moody to get to the, the level where we're talking about him as being one of the top guys in this draft, I think the handle, the finishing, but also just all of that coming together and him, him, continuing to grow as a technician in the mid-range, that is what's going to kind of propel him to that yeah. higher tier of score. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'm excited to hear what your thoughts on defense. Cause I had some thoughts. I, I thought, you know, the defense stuff was interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the defense, I will say 56% on close twos, which is not, mm-hmm. it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's also not good. It's, it's like mediocre. Yeah, um, you know, you talk, we, talked about Boston that you know his percentages were way down on that um and then you mentioned like he didn't always go strong to who to draw free throws right and and it's a little weird because he had a free throw rate of 48 percent he went to the line six times a game yeah he shoots a ton of free throws which is that he had had six games with over 10 free throw attempts I think he had one game where he had 19 so mm-hmm. like it doesn't it doesn't really add up that he doesn't yeah. always go that strong. Maybe some of it is like mm-hmm. Albert you mentioned like his angles aren't always the correct angles. Um he doesn't have the same vertical pop as, you know, some of the other like elite two guards that you think of. Um so it 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 has me wondering like here's a guy who had like pretty for the college level, he had pretty elite uh, ability to get to the free throw line Definitely. and like most of the games where he wasn't getting to the free throw line a lot it was because like teams were playing like majority zone right like when he mm-hmm. had low free throw attempts it was usually because teams were sitting in his zone or something which mm-hmm. won't happen as much in the nba but like do you think that his free throw drawing ability is going to translate like do you think he's going to be a guy who's a high volume free throw shooter at the nba because I, I don't know if it it's going to translate at that level necessarily 
I think that I think that honestly, it's hard to say any rookie is going to get a lot of calls at the NBA level in the first year. Like, let's just be honest. Like, there is a little bit of a favoritism when it comes to some players get more calls than others. That's just how it goes. Like, that's just the product of the NBA. 100%. But now, now if we're talking about like, can he draw the same fouls? I mean, obviously, defenders in the NBA are going to be a little more are going to be a lot smarter than college players, but. I think he he has like we just, it go it all kind of ties into that what we talked about earlier with the crafty ability to 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 draw fouls on the perimeter. He does uh, he does do some of that inside, and that's one thing. Like if I'm talking about like strengths, Moses Moody has one of the ones that I'm gonna list is he draws fouls really well. Plus he's an awesome free throw shooter. Like the dude, I think, I, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but I'm sure you do. What was his free 81, throw? 81, 81%. 81, 81, which is pretty solid. So I mean. He he uh yeah, closed a lot of games. Line. He closed a lot of games for Arkansas just getting to the free throw line. Like they would get the ball to him, they'd have to the other team have to intentionally foul. He put some games away just at the line. So um I think that his ability to draw fouls will translate, maybe not at the same exact level right away, but as he gets that savviness, and like we said, he's already such a crafty player now. So I think as he gets more crafty on a pro level, like I think it's going to be something that's always going to be a, a big part of his game. I always hate it when players put some of their production in the hands of if a ref's going to give them a call. Like I feel like that's why some players struggle sometimes when they're trying to draw fouls and they don't get them. But it's it's just the way the game is now where if you can draw those fouls consistently and get the calls, you're going to put up a lot of points. That's how Harden, that's how a lot of guys get a – a good chunk of their points per game is at the line. And I think he, I think he can do that. It's just going to probably take some time. Yeah, dude. I, you know, something that you mentioned yeah. about and the next level. Process. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the one thing that you, you no, mentioned ahead, about like, yeah, sorry. The, the, what you mentioned about like foul drawing on the next level. I think mm-hmm. I heard this. I, I think Rosillo was talking about this recently, but I, I think it's funny how in the NBA, there's this bias towards the little guy. All the little guys mm-hmm. get, they pick up all the fouls, mostly, mostly. And, and the bigger guys, you know, because they're bigger, they can take more contact. They get less foul calls. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about a Moody here, I feel like, you know, as his body continues to ve- develop, like where did he get most of his fouls, right? I think a lot of them was in the mid-range, not a mm-hmm. lot going to the ba- to the basket, right? I mean, I don't have... Floaters I don't, a little bit. I don't, getting yeah. yeah. Kind of that middle we, area. We don't have, like, a, the second spectrum stats on us or anything like that. But, um, you know, I, I feel like... On the next level, it could be there. And, um, you know, we're big free throw guys. And I think 81% on that volume, Corey, you mentioned he had 19 free throws against Alabama, which is freaking insane to think about. And he, had, mm-hmm. he had 24 points that night, and 16 of them came from the free throw line. So that that speaks to what both you guys are talking about, right? Like right. The, the ability to close games by getting to the free throw line, but also, you know, he's a good shooter there. And all those mm-hmm. things add up. But I think it... it it will be interesting to see if that translates because as we've mentioned, he's not the best at getting to the rim um, and something he needs to work at. And if he's not getting foul calls going to the rim, I don't know if he is going to be savvy enough. And also like, as you mentioned, NBA defenders are smarter, right? These are smarter defenders that he's going against. And so it, will he get those same foul calls in the mid range? Hard to say, hard to say for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, still there, there's a lot to like here and I'm, I think that's kind of where we're landing, right? There, there, there are a lot of tools. There's a nice foundation, a nice base. And um, I, I think if he can just work on the weaknesses that we're talking about, we could potentially talk about a guy. Who, okay, so actually, let me ask you guys this, because I was thinking a little bit about Pat Williams today, 
right? Mm. Corey, Corey, your guy, Pat Williams. I thought he had a pretty good, yeah. productive rookie year. You know, like, did he come in and freaking shock the world and put up 20 points a game? No, but I thought he had a lot of good moments. I thought he showed a lot of growth throughout the season. And so what I wanted to ask both of you guys is, what do you feel like his first year will project to? Because for me, I was thinking about Patrick Williams because I was thinking if Moody can have a Patrick Williams type type of rookie season, that sounds like a pretty good projection in terms of what we've seen from his skill set and his potential. Mm-hmm. And if he can come in and have a rookie season like that, I think whatever team gets him will be pretty happy with that. Definitely. Um, I would say that I would say yeah. that as far as Patrick Williams goes, like I could definitely see him playing a little similar role. Um between those two players, I would say obviously Williams is the better defender and Moody's the better shooter. So they're kind of on, they kind of have different ends of the spectrum as far as that goes. But as far as just like what to be expected is the production. Um, I think in the, in the rookie year for Moody, the most the team can hope for right off the bat is that he can plug in off the bench in the three and D role as a rookie. That's like find a niche, a niche, whatever in the, in the, uh, in the lineup and the rotation and then as he builds those that momentum, and you know that's kind of like I, I keep going back to Devin Booker. Not that I'm really comparing the two, but mm-hmm. that's kind of what he had to do. He had to, he was in a lot. He was in a rotation. He kind of was trying to find his way. Then when an injury came in and he stepped in, he was able to kind of like to really lay a foundation and grow from there. So I think maybe Moody's best hope to get to where I think he could get if he develops the right tools is to get in first as a three and D player which is a, a role that every team in the league is looking to fill because that's probably one of the most popular um, positions in basketball right now is someone that can shoot the three ball and, and play defense. So that's that's what teams can hope for as far as his rookie year. And then maybe towards the end of the season or at some point he'll get an opportunity to, to grow in a, as a bigger in a bigger role in an offense. And then maybe he can kind of flourish in other ways. So to me, I think as a rookie, that's that's what teams can expect right away. Yeah, for sure. And and I think, you know, Patrick Williams is kind of an interesting comp because on the surface, they don't really have like all that much in common. They're mm-hmm. probably like he's more of a two three, Patrick Williams more of a, a three four. A lot of Bulls fans hoping for a strictly four. Um, but you know, one of the things with Pat this year is like he showed off all of these tools, and that was his calling card coming into the draft too like wow what a toolsy guy um but Bulls fans wanted to see more once he showed all the stuff he was good at they were like all right now we want more right like we we want that aggression we want that mentality where he's like I know I'm as good as everybody else thinks that I am like and that's kind of what is missing and I can kind of see a little bit of that in Moses at times now part of that is like he's a freshman for this program um and you know like you played college ball right like mm-hmm. it's not always easy for a freshman to come in and command uh like this is my team like uh, you want to like get get going in in the flow of like the offense and, and play mm-hmm. as part of a team <clears throat> but like there were moments like in the tournament when they were playing oral roberts they had no problem you know just going out and be like all right max you're gonna guard Moses Moody today like I, I know that he's listed at six one, but dude's like five ten, right? Like he, right. it's a small dude, and Moody wasn't really like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into attack mode. I'm like I'm gonna go to work in the mid post. I'll just shoot over him, get him mm-hmm. biting, get to like 
he just right. he never really went after him like that. Um, and now you you could look at that and be like, all right, so he's not this aggressive kind of like, let me go, let me feast, let me get mine. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at him right away, you're like, well, you know, if he's got a role player mentality, that's it might have hurt them, and not that it, it specifically hurt them in that game. They they you know ended up winning, but like if you're if you, he's going to be a role player. And he has that more of that mentality. That's not a bad thing because sometimes mm-hmm. role players who want a little bit more end up doing a little too much at times. And they make mistakes, and especially early yeah. on, you make a couple of mistakes. Your coach is going to mm-hmm. pull you. So uh, you know, it, it, if he's going to be more than that role player version, and like this is the right. Patrick Williams thing. If Pat's going to be more than just like, all right, is Patrick Williams going to be Luol Dang? Like for the Bulls, like where maybe he makes a couple of All Star teams, mm. um, but for the most part, he's never really in that upper echelon of like wings. Or is he going to be, you know, the Kawhi Light that some people are projecting mm. him to be? And that's, I think Moses is in that same kind of thing. Like, is he going to be that that great three and D prospect who's probably going to play on a lot of winning teams? Or like, does mm-hmm. he have more? Is he going to be able to like be a guy who's right. scoring in the same ways that like Bradley Beal developed? Um, mm-hmm. so, so it is an interesting question going forward as far as like mentality, like if he can develop that, um, or if he's just going to be a role player. Um, but I think having that kind of floor is, you know, with, yeah. with his measurements and, you know, some right. of his abilities, you could do a lot worse, um, than drafting that kind of player. Let's, right. uh, let's move over to, to the defensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, the first thing you want before you even get on a, on the floor is you want somebody who's going to have the measurements to guard mm-hmm. the positions, right? And uh, that's, you know, I think that seven foot, seven one wingspan, whatever he ends up measuring at, uh, if you watch, like very clearly is his best tool defensively. And he makes mm-hmm. great use of that length. And I, I love he gets wide, like hands out, you know, gets as wide as he can, mm-hmm. active hands in the passing lanes um he, he he'll come over from the weak side use yes. it to contest shots mm-hmm. on jump shots he can like even when he's not blocking shots he's still getting really strong contests using that length and it really frustrates people um just right mm-hmm. away it's the length um mm-hmm. what uh what else do you like about him defensively trice uh what i would say as far as defensively the one thing that i've, I've noticed on from moody throughout the season is there was a point about halfway through Arkansas's conference schedule where they were kind of struggling. They dropped three or four straight. And there was a game, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but a, a, a switch flipped. And Moody started really locking in on defense. They started, I mean, stepping out four or five feet past the three-point line, really guarding guys up close, staying in front of guys. And it was it was contagious throughout the team. Like, I'm not – it wasn't just him, but it was a – from that point, it's kind of what turned their season around, and they went on like a they went on like a ten or twelve game winning streak, and a lot of that was from the all around team defense that was played, and it stretched all the way into the tournament. What I will say about Moody is when he commits himself to being a defender, and and as, as a player, it is a switch that is flipped. Like there's intangible intangibles that feed into it, and tools, but like a lot of guys have those tools, and they just don't feel like locking up on defense. When Moody puts his mind to lock it up on defense with those tools, he can be a great defender. So, I mean, I think that that's probably what's going to get him 
playing time at first the most over anything is the fact that he can guard multiple positions. He can guard, um, I would say, roughly a two through like a two through four maybe. Like he can hold his own on a switch every now and then, but I think he can really stay in front of a two and a three. And then, um, like you said, the wingspan makes a lot of the difference. He's able to poke a lot of balls out for steals. He anticipates passing lanes super well. Sometimes it gets him in trouble. He gets caught kind of gambling for steals every now and then, but I think that's just the price you pay. But he, a lot of like skip passes, he plucked out of the air. Um, he, like you said, he's a great help side defender coming over for the block on the weak side. Like, I mean, that he has different aspects. I think as he, if he develops it, develops it more and buys in more on that side of the ball, which I think he'll be able to when he's not taking as big of a role on offense, then it can make a big difference in, and what we're talking about here as far as what his potential is on defense. I I think he's got really high potential. Like I said, it's just a matter of if, if that switch stays flipped all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost feel like he might have eventually more success with guarding threes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, even like nowadays, since a lot of players are like positioning up anyways, mm-hmm. I feel like, he's not a guy that like you'd look at and be like, he has the best lateral quickness in the draft defensively. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if, when he did get in trouble um, and every player gets blown by good offense is good offense. You can't, you know, it just is what it is sometimes. But when he did get blown by, it was almost like when he was playing flat, Mm -hmm. like up top where he, where like he really thrived kind of was like pushing guys to a side so, you know, you get to a, a team that's playing like no middle or something like and he could just use that length to just shade you mm-hmm. into the help. That's where I thought he was like excellent. But he mm-hmm. was, he, you know, if he's like those twitchy, quick guards, I feel like will give him a little bit of trouble. Um, so I, I feel like his ability because of his frame, because of the wingspan, I feel like eventually I think he's going to be able to guard threes. And uh, I think that's a uh, like not a bad thing i think he'll Mm -hmm. guard twos and threes i think the length like when you get a a a point guard that isn't super twitchy i think in situationally he's not going to get burnt a hundred percent of the time switching on to ones but it's not something ideal um but yeah I, i think that like it's not even that he's slow i just he doesn't have like the same lateral quickness as as you know some of the other guards uh, right. Or wings in, in in the draft, but uh, I, I I feel like he'll be guard. He'll be pretty good guarding threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely don't think his feet are slow, um, I, but they are a little choppy, Corey. I, I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like it, it, it there's a, a slight lack of fluidity when he's moving his feet defensively. Um, I did want to agree with you that help. That he had a couple help side blocks that I was like, Jesus Christ, like that's that's freaking awesome. Um, I did want to say though, Corey, you know how I like my cross sport. Uh, comparisons yeah um, watching him defensively I so I was watching that Kentucky game it was one of the last games I watched and this was during that run that you mentioned Trice where mm-hmm. they were like winning a lot of games um, I was watching the game and I was like damn like does he not have a defensive impact because like I feel like I didn't see him do anything for a while and then what I started to notice was that it's not that he didn't have an impact it's that his impact was so great that they were going away from him um, so the the comparison I'm trying to make is like 
<clears throat> I'm, I'm a Jets fan. So early like two thousands, mid two thousands, whatever. Darrell Revis, Revis Island Uh-oh. for the New York for the New York Jets. They, oh, look, no. quarterbacks just didn't quarterbacks just didn't throw that way because they right. knew that if they threw that way, it you know it's locked down. It was Revis Island. Same the same thing with like Namdi Asamoah for the Raiders, Champ Bailey for the for the Broncos. It's like you just don't go to that side because you know you're going to get clamped over there. And I felt right. like that's I saw a little bit of that with Moses Moody too, where it was it was not like he didn't have an impact on the game, but his impact on the game wasn't felt unless you were paying attention. Like they right. just weren't going towards him because they didn't like that matchup for whatever guard that Moses Moody was mm-hmm. guarding. And I think a big part of that is everything that you guys are talking about: the instincts, the length. Um, his footwork wasn't perfect, but still good enough you know and so mm-hmm. when i think about moody i think initially when i was watching him i was like is this guy as good as people are saying and then it took me some time to kind of like settle in and realize like oh no he's definitely having he's leaving his imprint on this game mm-hmm. it's just you have to pay a little bit more attention and realize that he's doing a lot more than what'll show up on a box score and mm-hmm. for me th- that's the type of stuff that really sticks out when we're talking about elite level defenders Right. It, it's not always the it's not always the stocks, right? The blocks and the steals and whatever. I think it's also the fact that like you're just kind of gonna stay away from him for a little bit because you don't like that matchup. And so mm-hmm. I'm definitely with you guys. And I think his defensive potential is actually terrifying. Cause I I think he's mm-hmm. just gonna get stronger. Like you see the frame. The kid's just gonna add 15 pounds of muscle, no problem. Once mm-hmm. again, Corey, I'm going into my whole like, <laughs> you know, fortune telling and I can tell like which guys are gonna add muscle. I just feel like <laughs> he's gonna throw on 15 pounds and he's right. gonna be an absolutely terrifying defender. So right. from that's kind of what I felt from Moody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're pretty spot on there. I mean like especially at that level, um length is going to overwhelm guys because you know i mean as high a level as division one college basketball is it's still not like you're still not going up every single night with guys who have like those elite physical measurements necessarily so um i think that you know when like he tries you mentioned rookies don't always get respect defense that that goes defensively as well like they're gonna get called for for ticky tack stuff especially if you're being uh, aggressive but I, I think that looking down the line for getting just like immediate impact wise um mm-hmm. he's gonna be a, a a guy who is a plus on on the defensive side of the ball Definitely. and um i think just watching it it's like his defensive game is pretty straightforward you know he's not mm-hmm. necessarily like um a davion mitchell who has like the elite quickness and strength and like mm-hmm. ball hawk like gonna guard you up and down the floor he's not like scotty barnes necessarily where you're looking at a guy who's like what a weird looking dude who's guarding point guards, you know, right. full court. Um, he's just like, oh, I know exactly what he is going to be defensively in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's showing the tools. He can guard one on one, and he could do it help side as well. Um, right. So I, I think he project. He's, he's like again it, he, to me, he is like one of the ultimate role players in the draft. And I think like sometimes I think people hear that and they look at it as a bad thing and like. I don't necessarily think that like, especially now in today's NBA, like there are so many good fucking players that like the bar for being in that upper (laughs) echelon is so high. Like it's so high. You know what I mean? Like every team has so many guys that are so good. Um, Like Mm -hmm. Portland with Damon CJ, like they can't even get out of the first round. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so Mm -hmm. the bar is so high. And to say that somebody's going to be like, a role player is not 
not a bad thing, especially because I actually think that that is going like if when he plays with good players, it's going mm-hmm. to make him better. Mm-hmm. Like he's right. the type of guy that is going to thrive playing on a good team. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 I'm excited to see him hopefully land somewhere where he's going to be surrounded by talented guys. And I think when we look at where his potential draft stock is in that, you know, 10 to 12 area, like that's mm-hmm. where you start getting into like teams that are like fringe playoff teams potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and if he drops, like, you know, we've seen, like you said, he, he's been out of, um, you know, the lottery in certain situations. Like, I think that, that he, those situations are, are going to be really good for him. Whereas like if a right. team drafted him to like, Oh, this is going to be our future, uh, you know, 20 point per game scorer. It's like, all right, he might be able to do that, but is it like Aaron Aflalo level 20 points mm-hmm. or is it like, you know, the, the efficient, uh, you know, like Bradley Beal, Zach Levine one. version, right? <laughs> but I think. Yeah. Aaron Aflalo, like everyone loved Aaron Aflalo in Denver when yeah. he was a role player, right? Then he went yeah. to Orlando and New York for a, a short little bit and everyone's like, Man, this is like Ron Mercer 2.0. Um, yeah. I felt now. Hey, <laughs> I felt that way with Sharif too, back in the day. Sharif Abdul Rahim. I feel like okay. his 20 points for Atlanta or wherever he was for Vancouver yeah. or what. It always felt empty, you know. Like it was 20, but was it really 20? Like you couldn't really feel the 20. That's kind of how Tobias Harris is sometimes too. Not to hate on mm-hmm. Tobias, I think he had a good season. Come but on, that's a so, Long Island. Le- home, home I know, I know, I know, I know. But like yeah. you know, the 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 quiet 20 point games, like yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's got to score 20 sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Albert, <laughs> it's that time. It's time for sell me this pen. <sighs> okay. Let's sell you Moses Moody. Moses Moody is going to be a, a now I'm selling him as a prospect. So uh, defensive potential high, scoring potential high. Uh, if you're sitting anywhere from eight to twelve, I think you absolutely should take uh, Moses Moody. I think he's like second, third tier prospect in this draft. And if you're looking for a guy who, at the very minimum, is going to give you defense and shooting, um, but you know, at his ceiling could eventually become a 20 point scorer, as Corey mentioned. Uh, that's exciting. That's really, really exciting. And I think he has that potential. I'm a little bit higher on his defense, defensive potential, I think, than you guys are in terms of, um, I, dude, I'm telling you, like, I really do think, but you know what? I've realized I've been high on everybody's defense. Maybe this is a good defensive draft. Like, when we talk about Franz, dude, one of my friends texted me, is like, how big was your chub while talking about Franz Wagner? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm just a piece defensively, man. <laughs> exactly right Corey. come on give me some love um but um i definitely think so my my selling my pen thing high floor high ceiling you should bet on those guys especially if you're like eight to twelve and he's still on the board a hundred percent you should take a bet on that guy that's me selling me selling you a pen all right well anytime uh we could talk about uh chubs on sell me this pen segment you know it went well (laughs) all right um So if you're buying stock in Moses Moody, what are some of the other previous stocks maybe that you bought in if you're a a believer? I think for me, the one that jumped off the page, and I mean this in either the first post-trade stint or the prime Washington years, 
is I got a lot of Otto Porter Jr. vibes out of him. Mm. Now, Otto, I think, um, you know, he's a little taller. You know, uh, so his he's he's got a little bit better size to be that three four. But and I think that Moses has more potential as a scorer. But I think when you look at like the totality of like their primes, I think they'll have a similar impact in role. Mm-hmm. Whereas guys that are like, you can give him the ball and maybe he'll you know be able to make like a basic read in a pick and roll as a creator, mm-hmm. not going to be like a super high assist guy ever is mm-hmm. going to be somebody that you can like put in the corner or put, you know, run off movement to get some shots. He can score a little bit in ISO, but ideally you want somebody who's better in those scenarios to be playing with him, and mm-hmm. is going to be able to guard a few different spots defensively. So that mm-hmm. was the first one. Um, and, you know, like Otto Porter Jr. He just decided that, he loves like the club life and like partying <laughs> as of late mm-hmm. um, and just not in great shape. But I think the, mm-hmm. the good versions of Otto where he was running with, you know, Brad and, um, and John wall in, in Washington when they were actually like advancing into the playoffs and um, even the, the first post part of the, the bulls trade, I thought that like that kind of player is really valuable. And like when you like their raw numbers may not jump at you, but when you start looking at like the advanced stuff, that's where I mm-hmm. I think like you start seeing like what their impact is, where not necessarily measured in just box, you know, rent, you know, your usual box score stuff. Mm-hmm. What other players do do you think his game kind of reminds you of? Trice, you got anybody who you, you kind of you look at and you're like, I think I, I think I see some shades of this guy. It's crazy because I like when I look at Moody, I, I get so excited about like what he could be. Like, because mm-hmm. like we just talked about, we've talked about, you know, I think we've talked about his high potential on offense and now we've brought up his high potential on defense. Like, that, if he could ever reach those, man, we're talking about like a really solid player, like all stars and beyond. But so it's hard for me to like get that picture out of my mind and think about what he could realistically I, be right I, now. Well, I will say, Otto Porter Jr. was the third pick in the draft. Definitely. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's so it, he he just didn't, I think, materialize into like the peak version of what people mm-hmm. thought he could get to, which happens a lot. You know, it happens a lot. Um, but he was a high level prospect, you know, but that's but true. I I agree. It's like that's just a guy that I, I, I saw signs of. He There's right. also there's also a a world in which he surpasses that that handle mm-hmm. improves to a point where he can go and get himself his own buckets and, and his finishing improves. That's as kind of what happened with Bradley Beal. Honestly, when you think about it, like when Bradley Beal first came in, he didn't have his handle on that level, but that's something he really grinded on. And like, mm-hmm. obviously you can't say a guy's going to become Bradley Beal because his, his scoring is just unbelievable. What he yeah. can do with his shot creation. But uh, something that I, I keep thinking of is like, maybe, Obviously, Chris Middleton is about six yeah. eight. He's, a little, he's yeah. a little taller, but I'm thinking yep. like a young Chris Middleton, like when he first got to the Bucks before he's really developed into like a, a an All Star caliber player. Like when he first got there, just being able to just a, a real solid three and D guy that can potentially give you more on offense. And then as he goes on, as he gets a bigger role in the offense, can really like start mixing it up and putting up some numbers. So that that's probably a player that I would say. I think that's a that that's a great answer and i think that's a great path right like he came mm-hmm. in like you said he wasn't really looked at as this guy he was a throw-in mm-hmm. 
in a trade, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, right. and he turned himself into a really sometimes underrated, although he's got to start picking it up in these playoffs before, right. before people are, if people are going to change that perception, but he, he, you look at him and you're like, is this dude like a 50, 40, 90 guy scoring over 20 points a game, like quietly every night. And then like Giannis will be out of the lineup and it's like, Oh, Middleton's got 32. Like, um, so, so that's like a pretty good outcome for a guy who, who moved along developmentally, like at his own pace right. and turned himself into that kind of like advanced mm-hmm. off. And he's similar in like Middleton does a lot of it with craft. He doesn't jump out mm-hmm. of the gym. You know, right. it's all like skill-based crafty stuff and Moody, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about yeah, you? Middleton, Middleton definitely is a good one. You know, the secondary ball handler stuff that he does really good. Um, no, I don't know. Like I thought of like, like his floor might be like OG Ananobi. You know, like length, mm-hmm. defense. Uh, Ananobi, I think, is a little mm-hmm. bit more athletic for sure. Um, it's hard to say, dude. It's hard to say, like, what's a good comp for him. Um, I, I'm, I'm mad you took the Middleton one because I, 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 I like, I like Middleton too. It's just like, yeah, Middleton is kind of the dream, right? If he can get to that level, I think that'd be really, really good. Um, except like Moody, just defensively, I think is going to be a little bit higher than Middleton. Um, he could be a smoother. He could be a smoother operator than Middleton yeah, too. Like- maybe. Yeah, if he could yeah. really get to that level, for sure, for sure. Also, like something we didn't really talk about much that I like about Moody, a uh, good rebounder for a guard. Yeah. I, I think he does a yeah. really good job of mixing mixing it up with the bigs. I know he only averaged like five point eight rebounds. Especially a game, on the right? offensive that's, glass, especially on the offensive glass, he yeah. crashes the offensive glass hard. Yeah, yeah. And he, I, I think of, he, he drew a lot of free throws off off right. those offensive rebounds and going mm-hmm. going right up. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, if you consider all that, even like, like I know uh, Kevin O'Connor, KOC for his draft board, he compared him to like Mikal Bridges. And mm. I think that's a good one, too, because Bridges, you know, but then again, like not not exactly the same, because I think Moody has a little bit more potential as a creator. Sorry, mm. there's like cop cars going crazy outside my apartment. But um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I think. I think like anywhere from Middleton to Ananobi to, you know, Mikhail Bridges, like in that area. And, and once again, hey, these are all guys that are really, really good and have had really good careers so far. Bridges, sure. I know that's that's a Corey guy and I love Bridges too. Excited to My see guy. him play tonight. Yeah. But um, I think like if he can get to that level, that sounds about right. I think his ceiling might be like a better Chris Middleton if he can get there. And that's. It's freaking exciting. Chris Middleton's made an all-star team. So mm-hmm. um it's, sure. I, I think that's about where his ceiling is, and that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no I, I can't say I uh I disagree. So final thing, how volatile of a stock is Moses Moody? Because personally, I think he's one of the safer prospects in, in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know, like we said, especially if you're gonna be able to get him outside of the top ten, um He's a guy that like the bust rate on him is going to be really it's going to be really hard for him to not carve a niche for himself. Like if he's not a productive player in the league, there's some, you know, weird circumstance that happened. Mm -hmm. Personal injury, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. I think just his baseline skill set of being able to knock down shots um, and play hard defensively. I, it's hard to see him not not being at, at yeah. least mildly successful. So if you're if that's your baseline, you know anything you else besides that at that spot that you draft him is that's free money, in, in right. my opinion. 
Um, right. Where, where do you guys think he is as far as volatility? Uh, Albert, you go first. I think in terms of volatility, it's, I, I a thousand percent agree with you as we mentioned mm-hmm. high, high floor. Right. So I think like he's going to walk into the league and we're going to have a good idea of what he's good at. But I did want to talk about volatility, like bigger picture, like macro sense. Like I know this week, um, Sean Finnessy from the ringer, he put out a tweet that the Knicks took Frank Nilakina five spots before, um, Donovan Mitchell. Right. And he just threw that tweet out there as if that meant something, you know? And I think like the, the funny thing with the draft is like, even us, Hey, we host an NBA draft draft podcast and people will listen to us and be like, do these guys know what the hell they're talking about? And it's like, <clears throat> my easy answer to that is hell no. I don't freaking know. Like any, anyone out there who claims to know like, Oh, like we know how these players are going to turn out. They're freaking liars. They're goddamn right. liars. Like, no, Hey, if we go back to that draft where Frank, Frank Nelikina went before Donovan Mitchell, <clears throat> there were very few people who were like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, the Knicks whiffed on that one. They should have taken Donovan Mitchell. Like, other than Rick Pitino saying that Donovan Mitchell was the best shooter he ever coached, like, there wasn't that much out there where people were, like, crying and moaning about the Knicks taking Frank Nelikina. Sorry, I'm just right. going on a Knicks rant right now. But <laughs> I, I do want to say, like, this whole volatility thing is what makes the draft freaking exciting. That's why mm-hmm. Corey and I freaking watch this tape and we do this podcast because we have no freaking idea how these prospects are going to turn out. But it's fun, right? It, it, it's right. exciting to see, like, you know, we look at their skills and we 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 project and we think and we pray that they're going to become something that we don't know. But that's the whole reason why this whole shit is exciting and fun. So right. I did I did want to throw that out for our listeners. Like, if you're listening to this, <clears throat> that's me on my soapbox right now. Like, don't give a shit about what we say about these players because as much as we think we know a lot of shit, we don't. But we're trying our best. So um, <clears throat> did want to throw that out there. And I think Moody has a high floor, so not super volatile. Well, while we're we're talking about that draft, I will say. <clears throat> My number one choices for the Bulls in that draft were Donovan Mitchell and Bam Adebayo. With that said, the Bulls had the 16th pick, and that was I was like, those guys are my guys at 16. Then we traded uh, Jimmy Butler, moved up to the seventh spot, and the Bulls have been horrible ever since. So it's a horrible uh, draft night memory for for me personally. But I was all in at, at those picks. We could go on a whole rant about about Garpox and the things they did wrong. That could be a whole another podcast. As, as a Bulls fan my whole life, they disappointed me so many times. So I was <laughs> never more happy to see someone lose their job as I was when they got fired. <laughs> see, I have, I, I'm, I'll, I'll touch on this very quickly. I have very mixed feelings, mixed feelings about Paxson because he is the reason that I fell in love with basketball and the Bulls. Uh, because the first okay. game I ever watched was his game winner in the 93 final. And for that, for that, I'll be forever grateful. He right. also had an incredible run up until Foreman started, uh, you know, Gar started coming in the mix a little bit. And Gar right. was a good scout for a little bit. And But when they started becoming Gar packs and not two separate entities, that's where things right. really flew off the rails. But that's all I'll say about that. You know, we got a bunch of really good Bulls podcasts. Um, shout out Bulls Gold. I just did an appearance on on their pod last week. They can uh, right. touch on all the Garpax hate. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as Moody's stock goes, real quick, um, what I would say about that is I would say he's like like we both everybody said here. He's probably one of the safer picks 
like I, I I've said he's one of the more league ready players in the draft. Like the mm-hmm. dude's got the intangibles to be. And when I say that, it's not to say that he's going to be like the the like highest potential NBA player right away, but he's just got like the most intangibles to make an impact right away. Like he's built for the league right now. Um, now, as far as what his ceiling can be and if he can reach those things, it's like what you touched on earlier. One of the most frustrating things I had about Moody was it come tournament time when he get the ball, he never had the mentality to just go get a bucket. And that's what separates him from getting to that next level. So maybe it's something he, he – he uh, is going to be able to grow into as far as having more of an instinct scoring wise. And that's what can take him to that next level of like, I'm going to be able to give you 20 points a night. I'm going to be able to like take the guy off the dribble. Like, so that's all up in the air. That's probably the most um, volatile part of his stock is like, is he going to be able to reach that point? But as far as where he's going to be drafted and what his expectations are going to be right away, I think he has no problem filling those. Yeah. I very well yeah. said. Agreed 100%. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, I think we're all buying Moses Moody stock, especially in, right. in that 12 range, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. All right. All right. Um, then that's going to do it for, for our Moses Moody episode. Um, Trice, been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on and, and chopping for it up sure. with us. Man, tell, uh, tell the people where they could find all your work and, and, and everything that you're working on, where they could follow you, all the good stuff. Right. So um, on on YouTube, my uh, my channel is just Trice, T-R-I-C-E. You search it up. It should be one of the first ones to pop up. My logo is just a T and an H. I mean, um, I'm sure there'll be a, a link in the description or something where you guys can find me. But like, for it's, sure, it's um, I got a pretty wide range of stuff going on. I'm looking to get more involved in some podcasts and stuff like this. I love just chopping it up and talking hoops, man. Like this is one of my favorite things to do in the world. So um as far as my content stuff goes yeah you can find pretty much everything on my youtube channel that i'm working on right now um as far as twitter goes you can search me up tries high uh instagram too Uh, i love to interact with followers and and talk hoops whenever especially on twitter like i'm trying to get my twitter following up it's it's pretty low right now i haven't been active enough on there but like i would absolutely love to be able to get on twitter and just talk hoops with everybody on there that'd be the most fun thing like I think uh, I think we were talking the other day on there about we gave a little hate to the Clippers uh, during the early Mavs series, and then the the spoke the too soon. Came, we spoke too soon. The Clippers came back, and it was it was a, a wreck. It was a wreck at the end. But man, like I said, you can find me at those on those handles. Um, not too difficult to find. Pretty unique name, and I I love just talking hoops, man, and, and building connections and. That's that's what I'm here for. So I, I really appreciate y'all having me, man. This has been a great time for sure. That's what it's all about. You heard the man. Go definitely. follow him. On yes, de- definitely subscribe to the YouTube because he's got mm-hmm. a ton of good stuff. Anybody mm-hmm. who ever wants to do any content on Jason Williams, you know, is a real one. Um, so right. so follow man, him on Twitter. Check out that documentary, no doubt. It was a yes, lot of sir. fun. And uh, and follow him on Twitter and, and chop it up with him, man. It's about community yeah. building and, and conversation. Right. So hit him up, hit us up, Albert. Mm-hmm. Where are we at on this name, man? Hey, I'm like on? I'm I'm like Trice right now, trying to build up my Twitter following. <laughs> there um, we go. My Twitter following is uh, slacking, but um, yeah, I'm. God, man, I I need I need help, man. I'm still trying to workshop this name. I sent a couple to my to my friends, and they're like, "The hell is this?" They're like laughing at me. So <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to figure this out. Uh, trying to gain some cloud out here. But um, yeah, I'm at uh, Alberto Gim is my Twitter handle. I'm on Instagram too. I have more followers on Instagram. Does that make me Insta famous? Absolutely Let's not. Go. 
Um, but um, yeah, definitely trying to make it out here as well, like Trice. But hey, Trice did want to say, really awesome having you on the pod today. Also, if you guys like this content on Moody, he also has a video on Moses Moody. That yes. was really awesome. Um, and I hope you guys check that out. Once again, thank you for being awesome and being with us. And maybe, maybe we'll do some more coll- collabs with you in the future as well. For sure. Definitely. I would love that. No doubt. And uh, you can find me at the Hardwood Mag on Twitter, on Instagram. I have more followers on Twitter than Instagram. So, you know, reverse it. And uh, you can find all of my NBA draft content uh, from the scouting breakdowns to, you know, clips from this show on the Hardwood Herald YouTube page. Um, so go follow that. And we still got some issues of the magazine. So uh, you can find the link on the Twitter, but it's gumroad.com slash the hardwood. So um, cop that before it's next season and it's out of date. There they are. We got, the limited, we got the limited edition through the wire That's variant true. cover, and we got we got the uh, the regular edition. Albert's a Let's real go. one. Um, yeah, so cop that. And uh, yeah, uh, that's going to do it, guys. Until next time, we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.